this week is our first new episode of 2020, and too much is happening! Not only will we try and run down the past three episodes of Dynamite, we've got the latest news regarding AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, MLW, and more tonight on Heal Alternative. Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, January 15th, and welcome to episode 13 of Heal Alternative Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW, NXT, and all other happenings in the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for y'all this week. Hey, it's 2020. We're we're back. Yay! I'm your host, John Gabriel Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. Hey John. And Trace Evans. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going, y'all? It is going fantastic. I'm so glad taking weeks off of this after arguing my guts out over stuff. And I have completely forgotten everything except one decision. And that will sit with me for another 52 weeks. Maybe 50. Get hype. It is kind of crazy that this is the first time since uh, November we've all, the three of us, have been together. That's true. It is. It's weird to think about that. And also just like the fact that, yeah, we haven't done this in a while. So I don't know. It's it's strange to be back, you know? I will say my urge to stab both of you has gone down significantly. And I think we can be friends again, maybe, perhaps. Hey, okay. Well, we'll we'll see about that after uh, after the the next episode of Idiot's Guide. Okay, yeah. It's, it's really weird getting back into doing a podcast with uh, that also features John that's not a complete shitpost. <laughs> weird how that works. Yeah. You know, I listened to that idiot's guide and I gotta say, a little angry over some things, uh, a little disappointed in others, um, mostly disappointed, and see me after class. Also, class is canceled. Look, Trace, sometimes you can't remember where Kent is from. <laughs> I mean, sometimes look. you re- sometimes you remember that New Japan that Wrestle Kingdom always happens on January 4th as you're saying that it might happen another day, but then you go, "Ah, but I'm supposed to be stupid." So, yeah, no, let's keep this wrong. Ah, you know, Kent, a purveyor of fine Chicagoan moves. I I get you. I get you. <laughs> Look, it's it's all those years. Man, remember when Kenta years. beat C- beat John Cena at Money in the Bank? That was fucked up. Man, and then he ran after the title and then showed up like a week later. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, oh man, what if he goes back to Noah? Oh no, he's just he's just on Raw again. <sighs> yeah. Remember when Kenta was really weirdly homophobic towards The Miz? What was that about? I don't know. And then he had that weird, like, goat mask that he wore for a while because he didn't like the fact he was shaved bald. Had the pentagram on it and everything. I can't believe Kenta tried to do UFC. Jeez. It was like 52 seconds. <laughs> and then because he brought Luke Gallows about, he actually technically did invent Bullet Club. We all know this. It's true. 
shit. Oh man, you know, I can't it, believe the Straight Edge Society was just the the original club, the only club that matters. The only club I, that matters. What the fuck? I can't believe Gato is really the master of long term booking. Ah, it's that good old Memphis wrestling experience he's gotten him. <laughs> Ring of <Wow>. Honor. <laughs> oh, God. Why'd you have to fuck it what's, up like that? What's going on with them? That's all I got. That's, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of whatever CM Punk references I can now <laughs> at this point. Oh, I, I thought I thought you were just trying to transition us into news and Ring of Honor did some yeah. fucking bullshit. Because I would I would be surprised if Ring Oh, of don't Honor- worry. Ring of Honor did some shit. I mean, look, here's the thing. We haven't done an episode in, like, three weeks, so there's a lot of shit that's happened. So much shit has happened, in, including today, like, a bunch of stuff dropped. Yeah, like, today we was just the fucking most nonsense day of all of all this it, it's ridiculous but before we get into all that before we get into our rundown of basically playing it's the last four weeks of re- wrestling do you care uh one thing i did want to do quickly is just like hey you know we've had a few weeks off we've been uh, just chilling y'all do any uh y'all watch any wrestling anything that you really care about that uh, you're interested in uh yeah actually uh there is one little bit of independent wrestling Around this Seattle scene, the Pacific Northwest crew of wrestlers, which tends to be very good. I didn't go see Defy like I wanted to because my favorite balcony seats are taken and they're the best ones other than that are like behind pillars and corners. And it's like, no, thank you. I'm not about that. Yeah, no, but that's good. So it's like how the Phantom of the Opera always has to have his favorite box reserved. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm that guy. I'm legit that guy. I'm sure at some point they'll call me out for that when I go to three to one battle in the near future and keep getting the same goddamn front row seats. Um, but yeah, I actually went to three to one battle. That is the, um, I, I guess I would say home organization in a matter of speaking for Aubrey Edwards, also known there as girl Hebner and such a good name. it's such a goddamn good name. And she still refs there. Um, it's still, she helps run stuff with a bunch of people there. And they concluded uh, last week, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, last week. God, last weekend was a blur. Their G Zero, so the three to one G Zero tournament, which was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I it, wonder where they're going with this. Uh, it was, it was so good, and they had it was two blocks of five. Most of their mainstay wrestlers. Um, and they're like a lot of independent stuff. They have men and women fight each other and nobody gives a shit. But the final battle was between two people I think you're going to be starting to hear about in the independent scene very soon here. One was a guy who calls himself the wrestling genius, Daniel Macabe, who mm. basically looks like a... Uh, I don't know how to say how he looks like without saying he's just a stronger, thicker, kind of piece of shit looking guy like me. Okay. I mean, the same same kind of hair just kind of drapes over one eye and he kind of, he's really goddamn good at like submission style wrestling and, you know, just pulling moves and encounters out of nowhere. Amazing. Against him is like this kind of new upstart by the name of Judas Icarus. And despite the generic ass name that is, the dude is like extremely fast, extremely, you know, tremendously skilled like clean as all get out and that's the whole thing about this like both these guys put on what had to have been like a 20 25 minute match in the finals of this which is 
completely fucking baller for what is basically a three-hour event with eight, eight matches every other Friday. And they tore the house down and, like, no botches, no errors. They just threw down one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. Hell yeah. And I was screaming my guts out. There was cool shit before and after that. Um, you know, some guy who came out in a uh, suit. Um, his name is Eddie Van Glam, but that doesn't really matter. He came out in a nice little suit with spikes on one shoulder and a purple dress shirt, which led to everybody calling him Waluigi and whying during his entire intended-to-be-serious speech. Um, That's good. It's That's good. really good. And then you get just some really silly stuff, like um, the Hall sisters, who are two very talented wrestlers that... Um, I think they're from Canada. And their tag team partner, Sherry and Softpaws, who is pretty much a giant furry. And people like to take his big, thick tail and put it into, like, arm bars and submission holds, and it's the most fucked up thing ever. Don't do that. That's just rude. Don't do that, no. But anyways, to kind of pull this together into something more succinct, Daniel Maccabe won the G2-1-G, or 3-2-1-G-0 tournament. He is a fantastic wrestler. Judas Sickers is also somebody to keep on your radar. If you hear about them, watch their matches. He's going to be good as well. Daniel Maccabe, though, is like kind of, I would say, like a thicker Kushida type. He's going to be really good. And you mentioned before that they uh, they stream all their shows on Twitch, right? So hypothetically, like, the show could probably still be there. Uh, yeah, actually, if you go to the archives, I think you can pretty much watch 3 to one Battle anytime you want any of their old matches. The cameras they have are kind of crappy, and it's like one guy roaming about and one hard cam. Oh, I know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Capital Wrestling over here. I guess we'll get to that, won't we? Um, <laughs> we will. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's legit um, cool. And hey, you know, look, y- y- I told you Dan Maccabi was kind of a sweaty, bad hair looking guy. If you want to see another sweaty, bad hair looking guy, take a look at one of the sides of the ring when they got the camera panning about. Usually I'm there. Hooray! But yeah, 3 to one Battle, check it out. Twitch.tv slash 3 one Battle is good shit. Do it, cowards. Oscar, you watch anything? Um, I finally watched some New Japan, like, live for the first time. You paid the 999 yen. Yes, and my How much is card, that in Canadian dollars? Uh, it's like 11 bucks. Okay, mm. it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, and then, you know, my, my bank called me and they're like, Hey, what's this, what's this usage of your card in Japan? Hey, I got that too when, <laughs> when I started my account. That's why I made very clear when I first signed up for New Japan World to use American Express because it had like, they said, oh, no foreign transaction fees or anything. It's like, well, you better not fucking question this then. Surprisingly, they didn't. Hooray. Uh, but yeah, I I went through the hassle. Like, I'll just say this. Wrestle Kingdom was really, really good. I don't think it needed to be two nights, but I really no. enjoyed it. No. Um. And I'm now dreading the two-night WrestleMania that's inevitably going to happen. Don't you fucking will this into existence. Yeah, so I'm going to put a hot take out there just to try and tip this off from ever happening. I feel the only reason this legitimately was two days is because they wanted to do this fucking double champion bullshit last year. Hear, hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. Becky Two Belts, you know, they crown... The Raw Women's Champion and the SmackDown Women's Champion on night one, 
And then on night two, it's a fatal four-way where all the belts are involved. A McMahon in every corner! <laughs> I'm so angry right now. Oscar, I was trying to get us away from this, and you just threw us right back into the fire. How dare you, sir? Who is, um, the, who is the women's equivalent of the big show? Is that Tamina? It's Tamina. It's Tamina. It's Tamina. Where's <laughs> um, Naya? Is Naya even alive still? I don't think Naya's alive still, otherwise I would totally say her. Yeah, but, um... <laughs> wait, then who's the women's equivalent of Mick Foley? I was going to say Sasha Banks. Who's no, 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 who's the women's equivalent of... Sorry, who's the women's equivalent of sad, broken, I just want to retire Vince Mick Foley? I, again, I feel like it's Sasha, Sasha Banks. Banks. Fair. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I really enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. It was, it was fun because I had to work both of those days, and so I woke up, watched Wrestle Kingdom live, and then went to work. You fool! <laughs> that was that sounds like a very smart plan. It was a hell of a time, but also I had one of my best commission days of the month that weekend, so who knows, maybe this is the secret to me being a better salesman. I mean, Thanks, just, Gato! Yeah, you just gotta look at somebody and be like, Osprey, am I right? Yeah, that's right, that's right, give me the, give me the sales, give me the sales, give me the sales. Look, look, as much as it's gonna pain me to admit it after having... Suffered through those fucking best oh, of no. podcasts. I, I'm waiting to hear this one. Um, yeah, I really like the Osprey match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Osprey match ah, was awesome. Ah, you did it say was, it. It was the second best match of the entire weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, yes. What was the first? I I think I think it was Okada Ibushi. Yeah, it was yeah, Okada Ibushi. Yeah, I agree. Actually, Okutabushi was better, in fairness. No. And, like, and like honestly, yeah. honestly, watching, but watching Okada's performances over the two nights reminded me, oh, right, this is why Okada still needs to be in contendership for maybe the best wrestler in the world. Arguably, maybe the best wrestler of the 2010s. I think if you were to take, like, you know, the best wrestler overall of all the years, yeah, I would put him at the absolute top of the list without question. Like, the last... Five ten years, easily. Honestly, he's consistently on top, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, either, either him or maybe like a Chris Jericho. Yeah, I, I don't even know there because he's had some stinker years, like in WWE. Like, I, I, this isn't even me trying to troll back on you. This no, little, I know. I'm actually now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, he had some really shit years in the 2010s. There were a lot of bad cool dad years. That's what makes yeah. this. It's what makes this Jericho run so fucking impressive. Is that. There were a lot of fucking years where he was just fucking cool, Dad, and it was the worst. And yeah, now- I, I remember, I'm remembering now that it's like, oh, wait, Jericho didn't get good this decade until uh, Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. You mean Y2AJ? I am so mad I didn't buy the Y2AJ shirt, but I had the chance. <laughs> For like the two days it was out? I think it was even less than that. I think it was, <laughs> it was like out, 12 it was hours. For, it was out for a week. 
That seems excessive on, for that because it definitely they didn't put it need out, out on the raw. They put it out on the raw when they formed, and then they stopped yeah. selling it the raw afterwards. Oh, because I thought they that they debuted it on the raw where he fucking shoved it in AJ's mouth. See, I thought it was a thing where like they formed up on a pay per view, and then yeah, the next day they had that formed up, and they shoved it in the mouth. Either way, now I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It, That's bad place. Yeah, exactly. But um, but no, all I, those people are dead. They I sure did are. really enjoy Wrestle Kingdom. I, it's a shame that Night Two had had a frame rate of like one. Yeah, I had to stop watching Night Two after the incident where um, the retirement of uh, you know Jushin Thunder Liger kind of crashed the whole thing. Yeah, like Night One. Night One was great, which hey, kind of works out because Night One was the better night of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and like, yeah, it's a shame it had a lot of technical issues, but I powered through it, and yo, that Okada Naito match fucking ruled as well. I was less enthusiastic about that one than the the Okada Bushi match, but it was good. It had a good I finish. Mean, it definitely also, had a good finish. That's true. There is one thing I fucking called on the Idiot's Guide podcast that I'm so mad actually happened. Ibushi fucking sold a Rainmaker on his neck. Of course he did. He's Ibushi. <laughs> or when he tried to, like, fucking do that stupid, like, I'm going to do a flip and kick you. And, oh, wait, I just literally just jumped on my head. <laughs> that wasn't a botch. You did that intentionally. No, he does that stuff to himself. I actually hate Kota Ibushi. I I, I really hate watching Kota Ibushi wrestle because I fear for this man's life. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, it's like, on one hand, there's a part of me that's like, okay, if you're not going to put the rocket on Ibushi fucking when because he's going to die before you do that, like, you're going to fuck this up kind of like you've sort of done with Naito. But, like, honestly... There's a part of me that's also like after he literally just decided to jump right on his goddamn head for some reason. Yeah, maybe don't put anything on him ever again. Yeah. I am going to I'm going to say one statement though. And this I think might be my final statement on New Japan tonight. But in maybe the ultimate heel turn here, I think I really like Jay White. Fuck. No. <sighs> Fuck, what? No. Fuck, no. 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 I was not impressed no. by that Jay White Naito match. No. I have, I think I've real. I, I think no. I've come to realize that Jay White, Jay White, I, I, I've realized I fucking hate Bullet Club because I fucking hate Jay White and I fucking hate Kenta. And then it clicked with me that, wait. This is the first time in years I've been successfully worked, and now I fucking love Jay White and Kenta. Fuck. Fuck, he's turned. He's turned. We have to kill him before he turns. I'm into this. (laughs) I will breathe with the switchblade. God damn it. Okay, now it's all making sense. Now he's just, like, you just replaced Cohen Reeves with Jay White, and you're fucking, like, fuck him and forget him. (laughs) I, I I mean, look, I don't, I, I would not fuck Jay White. <laughs> Nor should you. I think the dude's diseased to fuck down there. Kona Reeves, I would He's have got- dis. Kona Reeves, I would have disappointing sex with, but I'd still, I still would. 
Jay White, I'm just like, Jay White, I, I would just be like, no. He thinks he's putting on a theater performance, but it's really just him, you know, idly thrusting into the air. Speaking of I still believe reason. I still am argue, going to argue that Oscar would totally engage in knife play with Jay White. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> and that's how you do a double entendre. <laughs> I um, speaking of Coda Reeves, though, after watching Wrestle Kingdom, I did have one really terrible thing rolling around in my head, oh, God which damn it. Uh, I had to share with you guys. But uh, for some reason, in my mind. Every time I watched it, I just kept thinking, Kona Ibushi. I hate this. Why, why did you, I saw the image you made of this, and I don't want to share it with anybody. It should be lost in the archives forever. Finest star, Kona Ibushi. Again, why? Why? Oscar, why? These are the places my mind goes to when I wake up at three in the goddamn morning to watch Japanese wrestling. Yes, you have done. Your mind has gone to that dark place. It has gone into the darkness world. Where only chairs and evil lies. Uh, Hey, Noob Saibot also lives in that darkness world. Canonically. True. Canonically, this is undeniable. But, Actually, yeah. I think canonically, Noob Saibot is evil. I really think that is a bit of um, developed... He says, per- he says everything is evil. It's because his buddy's evil. We got to know this. It, can't, it cannot be... Ed Boone and John Tobias cannot be evil. <laughs> they can be evil, but they can't be evil. I'm just saying. I mean, which, which one of them would be evil and which one would be uh, Shingo Takaki? Or which one would be Bushi? Um, who is who in Lij of the uh, of of uh, Netherrealm Studios? I think we've had this conversation before, and I don't nope, think this is I, not happening. I'm not I, doing this. I'm not letting you. this happen. Thank God, John. I was hoping you would step in because I take this to the goddamn tanks bakery. You fiend. <laughs> thank you. I felt like I was like hovering over a lava pit by held by chains, and I'm just like, save me, save me from what we're about to go into. You're just lucky John, that I don't, I don't have the timer on me. John, what did you do? What, what wrestling did you watch over the break? I went to a Capitol Wrestling taping. Shit. Ooh. It was at a, uh, a Catholic school auditorium in Bay Ridge. It <laughs> seems appropriate for what they do. Incredibly appropriate for what they do. I... I regret to inform you that I have been, because on John's recommendation, I've been watching some Capital Wrestling. <laughs> Goddamn right you have. <laughs> Jesus Christ, y'all. <laughs> that shit's kind of all right. It's oh. exactly, it's kind of all right. Like, it's, don't get me wrong, it's terrible. Like, even, like, I, you know, because obviously I watched the newest episode because the latest episode that went up this Monday is uh, the first episode from my taping. So, you know, I wanted to watch it to see me in the crowd, basically, for, right. that, for that Rep Hot Boys International match. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Hey, also, by the way, yo, uh, probably you know this if you watch CZW, but the Rep, pretty fucking cool. How much Porsche Vaughn was at your taping? 
she was she she cut a promo uh, as I got there. Uh, I got there like right as because I, I missed the first match. Um, but like the the first so like the first thing I really saw was Portia Vaughn in the ring. Um, that was unfortunate. <laughs> I was getting a beer, and the lady who I who was serving me the beer was very upset by what was happening. Uh, I could not tell if she was mad about. I I was having trouble telling if she was mad about the fact that this about this gimmick or mad about the fact that there was a woman in the ring. So I didn't say anything. It's a Catholic high school auditorium in Bay Ridge. For those that don't know Brooklyn, yeah, you know what? That could go either way. You know, fill in your own blanks there. I think you can make your own story of why she's angry. But yeah, look, as usual, Capital Wrestling's a fucking mess. Capital Wrestling's really fun. I, Harry Targaryen was yelling some shit. And I yelled at him, and he was like, I'm, I was like, I keep the interest of my talent, and first and foremost, I just yelled, no, you don't, and he just stared right at me. <laughs> Capital Wrestling's really good. I really want to go see their next show in February. Do I it. cannot go see their next show in February. Oh. It's, it's my lady friend's birthday. Oh, yeah. That's a good reason. Yeah. No. Can't, can't do I, that one. If I ever... I'm able to get down to New York sometime soon. John, let me know when Capital Wrestling is taping. I want to go. You can see, we could go see Darius Carter. He's got that cool mask. He yelled at this one, he yelled at this one lady and kept telling her that she was trash. That was really uncomfortable. That lady clearly has some kind of disability. Oh, yeah. Like Capital Wrestling. Yeah, exactly. It was very Capital Wrestling. I had a great time. Colby Carino is the new Capital Wrestling champion. Spoilers. Oh, no. That's that's fine. We should know that. He beat the notorious 187 Homicide. Damn. Homicide then beat the shit and stole the belt. I, okay, this sounds right. Makes, makes sense. I'm with you. I feel like using 187 in your name is just daring New Jack to come after you. I mean, homicide, New Jack. I would watch that fucking match. Yeah, yeah, it's like I see no problem with this. This is about the age where homicide needs to do something like that. I mean, look. Over the break, Vice announced uh, some of the first few topics for season two of Dark Side of the Ring, and one of them is mass transit. And John raised a very valid point, and I'm very into this as well. Yo, think about all the new footage of New Jack talking that we are going to get. And all of it's going to be, yeah, I don't regret a damn thing about that. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's exciting. Jesus. Oh, boy. He's going to wish he killed Mass Transit. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to wish that he was the one to kill him, not a gastric bypass surgery. (laughs) What if he claims he's the one who actually did the gastric bypass? It was me, doctor. It was me all along, doctor. He did it with a pizza cutter. I mean, I mean, hey. And other things that he got out of the crowd. I mean, hey, it would be a bombshell on the level of Jim Cornette admitting that he wrote the screw job 
but then also Vince Russo saying that he came up with it, them just arguing at each other. It's a pretty good episode. Dark Side of the Ring fucking rules. I Dark Side finally, of the Ring does fucking rule. I finally Vice got fans, around yeah. to binge watching that over the break. I will say Vice has some of the best wrestling documentary coverage of is any the network. Any good? I hear that the wrestlers is also really good. I haven't watched any of it though. That's the one that has the deathmatch episode with June Kasai, right? Yeah. Yeah, you need to watch that. If any there's any episode, watch that one. It is fucking amazing. It's Viceland from Viceland, the, the channel that airs all the Viceland documentaries is the same channel that has uh, all of Drag Race now. Sounds sure, right. Okay. And so that's basically been my my break is I I binge watched Dark Side of the Ring and uh, Drag Race UK. Yeah, that sounds like a good break. Yeah, it's amazing. Drag so Race yeah, Kappa Wrestling's cool. Anthony Gambone is a good wrestler. That's all I got. Watch watch that show or don't. I don't really care, <laughs> but I will. Anyway. Let's talk about other shit that's happened. Yeah, I'm just going to let you draw on that Capital Wrestling thing. <laughs> let's talk about. God damn. What, all right, let's just start off. First things first. We've we got to get into all this news that's happened over the past couple weeks. Not the least of which being the fucking crazy news this week, which is, hey, guess what, everybody? Heal Alternative extended until 2023. We ain't going anywhere, bitches. We you, are Owen. not going anywhere. Hey, Twitter. And also, now there's even more of a reason for me to quit heel turn. Hey, Twitter. Guess what? Tony Khan doesn't regret shit because he's getting paid. 32 days. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> so, this, yeah. This deal is fucking insane. And I'm, I'm really glad it happened for everybody that was saying it's like, oh, you know, uh, uh, AEW's ratings are... You know, they're consistently below a million, and so TNT is just pissed off, and, you know, they're going to cancel AEW, you know, watch WWE, because it's, you know, I suck Vince McMahon. Well, I hope you're happy to know, Oscar, that all of the Twitter trolls have been completely unfazed by this news and still are legitimately arguing that AEW won't exist after 2021. Which is hilarious because these are seeing people who are just basically using your argument of, I don't like Thing, therefore it must stop existing soon because nobody must like Thing. How I, dare people want there to be an actual alternative? And how long Except until, the rule that you have and like it, coward. How long until the hardcore WWE fans lobby AOL to buy uh, TNT? Just so they can cancel... Or wrestling. You mean they're not doing that already? I mean, in, in fairness, I'm pretty sure that most of the hardcore WWE fans think that AOL still exists because they're, you know, AOL, does, AOL actually does still Yeah, exist. John, I hate to tell you, it totally does still exist. I mean, as a weird subsidiary of Verizon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Look, it's, it's, it's like dropped how, a bit. It's like how Napster still exists. This I is also the true. Finally died. I, I don't fucking know. I know that Best Buy owned Napster for a while. They sure did. Which is did. a fucking weird thing to think about. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
AEW, TNT has worked out a new deal with them. They are renewed until 2023. They basically had like just a, a year deal with, uh, you know, with uh, TNT just as like a test thing. Mm-hmm. Um, TNT is, yeah, apparently so happy with everything that not only have they renewed them uh, f- until the end of 2023, they have also upped how much they're paying for it. They're going to be paying AEW about uh, $175 million over four years to make content for them. That's about $43.75 million a year. That's pretty reasonable, given that still gives AEW a decent gate to get from all the events they host everywhere. And they're still getting, like, you know, they're still basically getting all the money from the ads. Yeah. It's, this is, I think, win-win all around. Yeah, like, this is a huge deal for them, man. Great. And most importantly about this is they're getting a second show. Yeah. To be fair, it's it's they've gone on to clarify that it's more it's less that they're getting a second show and more that they're going to be they're going to be adapting dark for television, which so, they should be. Yeah, no, which that's great. Like, that's perfect. They're already doing this thing instead of doing it for YouTube. Do it on like a thing that like, you know, can make actual money because YouTube ain't it, chief. No, never is these days. I, I'm looking forward to NXT UK live on USA Tuesdays at 8 o'clock, just as we always planned it to be. Bring back Todd Pettengill, you cowards. Let's get that one-hour show on USA at 10 a.m. Saturdays. We're bringing back main event, y'all. Not just for the international crowd and people on the network that really want to see Sarah Logan. <laughs> Look... AEW Dark brings you the dark matches that aren't good enough to be on TV. Here at the WWE, we bring you the main event every Tuesday. With such great main adventures like Mojo Raleigh and Sunil Singh. Hey, don't forget EC3. I I don't even think EC3 shows up on main event anymore. Oh man, he's not allowed to be on main event anymore! He uh, may have done some things. Yeah, the things he did were exist. Hey, it's, you Mm -hmm. know, look, he should have gotten, you know, Dean Ambrose shouldn't have been cheered. We did this to EC3. Oh, man. Why didn't Dean Ambrose protect the EC3? How could you, Dean? God damn it, Dean, now you're dead. dead, So, (laughs) you know. What else can you say? But yeah, uh, apparently the talk going around though about uh, about the the adaptation of Dark for television is that it's also going to be um, they're they're going to change some things up with it. Like they they want to also do some kind of like behind the scenes stuff on it too. Cool. So I don't know. It sounds like maybe they're trying to like incorporate some more of their like that other YouTube content, like the road to uh, the road to blank. The, the Nightmare Family stuff is good shit. They should put more of that out there. No, they absolutely should. Like that seems like a fucking great plan. If that's what they're serious about doing. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Being the elite TV. And another interesting fact about this is that it might not be on TNT. Like, they, they've said they haven't confirmed where it's going to be. They they still don't know, but it could either be on, which it could be on a different channel. So it could be on TBS. We could be getting our Saturdays at 6.05. It's possible. Uh, mothership so daddy I, I actually do have some news that came out about an hour ago. Oh, Dark is going to be on TNT. Dark is going to be on TNT. It's going to be weekly, but uh, potentially not 52 weeks a year. And uh, they do not know what night of the week it's going to air on. It may not be on Tuesday. 
Okay. But it, it's going to be on TNT. All right. I, I honestly, I was I was wondering if maybe this would be something like, yo, what if what if this is like a big push behind like you know, check it out, check out HBO Max. We're going to give you fucking AEW. That would be wow. sinister what? and really devious in a good way for them. What's what's Hangman Adam Page doing on Sesame Street? <laughs> Getting this, drunk with Big Bird, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yep. W is for whiskey. It's good enough for me. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey is just for me. So, yeah, uh, one last thing about this news that I think that we should talk about here is that, uh, hey, in barely into its second year of existence, AEW has officially become profitable. Yep. That's amazing. Like, the business plan worked. I mean, Tony Khan knows what he's doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... The guy understands, the guy understands, biz, like, from, I remember reading that um, he had been wanting to do this for a while now, and yep. had to basically draft up and explain to Shot Khan, this is why this will be profitable, yep. please give me the money for this, and only after he could justify that it was... So, like, he's not just some money mark getting into this, like, say, a certain lead singer of a 90s alt-rock band. And let's be clear about this, too. Shad Khan is a billionaire not because he got lucky and had something go his way. He is an auto manufacturing owner, basically. Some His companies work in the auto industry. They build parts for people. They've been wildly successful there. Coming out of that industry, I can guarantee you, you don't get in there and stay successful by just, you know, riding on the coattails of something wildly successful and just holding on for dear life. It don't work that way. That's that whole market is so cyclical. And so, I mean, Hey, yeah. if, if you wanted to be part of something wildly successful, you wouldn't be involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, hey. or ranking dogs, <laughs> please. That's his son. Uh, I mean, as far as we know. Look, there is clearly a t-shirt that says that he does not do that. <laughs> I, I understand, but sometimes it begs more questions that are already answered by the shirt. <laughs> if you need to have the shirt, then there's probably a problem already. I don't know what you're talking about, John. What the fuck? <laughs> He's just trying to spell the rumors before they start. God so, yeah. damn it. But yeah, no, this is AEW. You get to continue. I'm I'm thrilled beyond belief because this is legitimately kind of the wrestling I want to watch, even when I don't feel like watching wrestling. Speaking though of stupid stupid big deals that have allowed things to continue on. Yo mm. Marty Skrull is still with Ring of Honor. I gotta say, like Trace, you absolutely 100% called this weeks ago when when you said on this very show here that, like, basically the only thing that Ring of Honor can do to keep Marty is, like, they can offer him basically the company. And that's what they did! I mean, I I didn't even think this was going to happen like this, but the only way that company survives is if Villain Enterprises is with them. And I didn't think I quite realized back then that how much of that, that Marty Skrull actually owns himself outright. So... Like, if he leaves, Bill and Enterprises goes wherever he damn well pleases. ROH needs that shit. They do. 
And well, it turns out they're sticking in the Marty Skrull business because yeah, they've they have reached a deal with him. Uh, he's going to be sticking to Ring of Honor. Apparently, from everything we've been hearing, he's making he's making WWE main roster money. Now, what that means is kind of unclear because you know that could be that could mean oh he's making millions of dollars. That could also mean oh, he's making like two hundred fifty thousand. Right. Yeah. The, to me, that's such a strange way to put it because. Like main roster money is so unclear already because they don't have to reveal, you know, exactly what ever or they don't seem to reveal exactly what everybody's making. Yeah, and of course, like everybody's making like different things. Like you know, yeah. one of the things that we could basically figure here is like you know, like main roster money could mean like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is right. what say Mike Kanellis is making just mm-hmm. on him his lonesome. Yep. You know what though. Even if he is making the bottom tier of main roster money, dude is making six grand a day. Yeah, I mean, legit. This dude only has to work 40 days a year. Yeah, he's making six figures to work very limited dates. So He's, he's basically Brock Lesnar himself, and that's great for him. I was thinking about this because you mentioned the 40 days, and that's a really good point. But at the same token, I kind of wonder if that's starting to become the new normal of a lot of pro wrestling is to limit your dates to, like, just really good exposure to really throw everything out there when you hit kind of that main roster point. Because, like, AEW, think about that. Wrestlers there are not working every week necessarily. So, I mean, they might be showing up there at the arena to do something or help out, but they're not yeah, wrestling. like Orange Cassidy is always showing up even if he's not, you know, doing yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. He's not working his body or taking a toll on himself like he would be if, you know, he were in uh, you know, a tag match every week in and out. So, you could probably say a lot of the AEW wrestlers are probably working like 45 matches, and not counting indie bookings, of course. And once you put that in, it's like, okay, well, fuck this whole idea. But, like, for main matches, like, 45 matches a year. That's, I mean, that might be the new normal. It might be. Like, that's the thing is that, like, how is, like, how can WWE keep justifying, like, their grueling-ass schedule of, yeah, we're going to pay you a bunch of money. You're also going to have to work 300 days a year. I think this is going to be the point where you're going to get a lot of wrestlers starting to see the light there and think, is it really worth it to say I've been with the WWE if... I'm just going to destroy myself in the process. I mean, to go back to, like, 1995, this is what Kevin Nash, what his philosophy was of, like, yeah, I don't have to, you know, Turner's offered me more money for less days. Why wouldn't I not do that? Right. Absolutely. It's just smart business. I mean, we like to slag on Kevin Nash in those days for a lot of the stuff he did that was focused on money. But at the same token, a lot of it still holds up because it's not wrong. Take advantage of the capitalism that brought you here. I respect Kevin Nash more and more the more I learn about Kevin Nash. He's kind of turned the corner, too, as of late, so that helps. Kevin Nash's Twitter is still... Kevin Nash's political ideology is not the ideology I expected Kevin Nash to have, but I am very glad he has it. I agree with that. I can agree with you. Like, I totally would have thought he would have been like hardcore mega. Yeah, everything he was saying back about those days, you would think he'd be completely opposite. And 
No, he's just more like, yeah, I'll bite that hand that feeds me, and then I'll just, you know, run off the shit. I do what is good for me. And then, you know, everybody else should have that too. Sort of kind of that ideology. Maybe I'm giving him a bit too much glow there, but still. But anyway, though. Um, yeah. Some other other impressive things about this uh, Marty deal is, for one, he you know he gets to work a bunch of other places. He still gets to work NWA like he's been doing. He gets mm-hmm. to work New Japan because uh, you know they have their deal with New Japan still. Right. Which hey, I can't believe that they still have that. But it also maybe it seems like Marty's the reason why fucking Jay White's going to be at Supercard of Honor. I feel like Marty Scroll might become the peacemaker for ROH, trying to keep them alive and. Broker deals with NWA, New Japan, all of those organizations that could maybe use a bit of the shine. And here's the thing Marty, here. Marty Skrull is going to finally give us G.O.D. versus Enzo and Kaz XL at the oh next God, you son of a bitch. I will throw this chair. I can't believe Enzo and Kaz XL are in Bullet Club. One thing, like, who knows, who knows if this is true, make of it what you will, but one of the other rumors that is going around out there is that they are they are also fine with him working with AEW if he gets the if he makes the deal between Ring of Honor and AEW. So they might be open to it. I have seen nothing that says that the Bucks or anybody on AEW's EVP team is against the idea of working with ROH again. They just say nobody's talked to us. It's not even like New Japan where it's like, well, they don't like us anymore. It's just flat out we like them, but nobody's talked to us since we left. Yeah, I mean, I think, I th- I, I think that um, part of the reason was just like, I think Ring of Honor correctly realized at the time that AEW is going to be a huge threat to them more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And hey, if Marty is able to broker that deal, then that's just good for everybody. More importantly, it, it keeps ROH alive, which at this point is very much in question. If they can't kind of have their own brand that stays separate and people might want to actually stay there and stay unique away from the AEW purview, hey, this is one way to do it, to kind of broker a separate deal where they still aren't clashing against each other, but still maybe sending some talent back and forth. And, yeah. and we, you know, you had mentioned as well the NWA stuff. and Yeah. There is already that working relationship now. Like, um, I think they're doing... I think Aldis's next challenger is Flip Gordon. Yeah, because Aldis showed up at the uh, at the show uh, last weekend. Yeah, like, there is definitely, like, a straight-up actual partnership now between ROH and NWA. Which is huge. They need that, both of them. Yeah. I- I'm still of the belief here. And sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off there, John. I'm still of the belief that... Every one of these organizations that are not WWE need to kind of set their egos aside and continue to still work with one another. None of them are big enough to kind of just hold their own and become their own silo. They all need to work together. One thing I would actually like to see, and and hey, if you want to take AEW out of the equation because they're they're arguably too big for this if you want, but... um, you know, hey, I would love to see NWA work with a lot of these, you know, be like what the NWA was again. And, you know, I know it's hard to get maybe a promotion to give up their world title, but if you could make the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship the belt for Impact, ROH, all that kind of shit. 
you know, that both adds prestige to the NWA and to impact an ROH, because that NWA title still has prestige. Well, maybe that's something that Marty himself can do with Ring of Honor, since apparently the other part of this deal is, yo, he's on the booking committee now. Yeah. And like, there's there's some rumors about what this actually means, how much power he actually gets. Uh, the talk that we basically heard from out of this is that Delirious is still going to be, uh, he's still going to be the booker, like the head booker. Maybe just in name, maybe like it's unclear how much power Marty really has, but... I mean, the other talk is that apparently Marty was, like, pretty instrumental in booking the, the show that they had this past weekend and that the uh, the free show that they're doing in Baltimore in February was also his idea. Again, huge. I mean, he, they need to do stuff like that to get attention again. And if he's, like, getting out there, like, twisting bad ideas that are coming out of maybe Delirious's mouth or whoever else and, again, putting a shine on them, make him look good, yeah, by all means. Let's start getting somebody with some fresh ideas in there. Let's get somebody who's actually capable of saving the company back into some semblance of power. It just It's all working in that favor. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy about it. Like, I know everybody wanted Marty to be part of AEW immediately after his contract expired. I didn't. Now, let's be honest. We kind of wanted Ring of Honor to die last yeah. time we were on this very show. I, I'm very safe in saying that I didn't want. I would rather ROH die than Marty be immediately in AEW. As weird as that might be to put it that way. I was personally kind of hoping that Marty would go back to New Japan if Ring of Honor died because mm-hmm. it's like thinking about it. What is AEW going to do with Marty? I mean, that was my whole thing. Is like I don't think they had anything that Marty could really help with. The big thing was, oh, the you know super villain plot that he runs all the evil factions. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Not likely the way this stuff is going because that just basically takes everybody's good ideas, uh, except for Brandy's because that's not a good idea. And that's a bad idea. <laughs> and kind of puts we'll him under get his to that umbrella. Later. Oh God, we will totally get to that. But, yeah, it would be like taking all their agents and say, oh, actually, it's all Marty's. And I think that would take a lot of agency away from some people in ways that they would not care for it. Indeed. So the like- only thing I can think of is that I feel like maybe they started making those Dark Order vignettes with Marty Skrull in mind. They, they might have. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be surprised by that either. But it does seem Same- definitely like they are pivoting away from that. I think, yeah, the, the pivoting they're going to do, I think, is kind of the AEW smart that they tend to lean towards in these situations, which we'll get into when that kind of gets more talked about. I think we got more news here. Yeah, yeah. we do. Like, boy, oh boy, we need to talk about what Impact did. Oh, dear. So, long story short, you know, obviously Impact has been doing this very long-running storytell- storytelling, uh, building up you know, former knockouts champion Tessa Blanchard to have an intergender match with Sammy Callahan and beat him for the Impact World Championship. Which, that, I'm gonna, which, uh, uh, credit where credit's due, it was a good fucking story. I was really invested in Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the problem here, definitely, is that, like, it's a good story to tell, and it's also, like, a, a, you know, having a fucking woman be the top champion of, like, hey, I don't know that I'd call Impact, like, big anymore. They're probably, like, 
number five or six in terms of fucking like wrestling companies in, in yep. this country. But like, that's still a pretty big deal, all things considered. It's just a shame that it's Tessa Blanchard, especially in light of all the shit that came out this weekend. Yeah, she maybe shot herself in the foot a little bit with some of her comments on Twitter, and everybody let her have it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometime this weekend, uh, Tessa, or I believe it was on Saturday, uh, decided to open her damn mouth and say uh, on Twitter... Hey, women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen. Boy, Which, that's okay. Okay. Was this in reference to anything I that had happened? Don't, I don't necessarily know what she was referring to. I don't know if it was a, something in general or something specific. But, like, you know, okay, you, you want to make the argument, like, hey, women should be boosting other women, supporting each other. Like, that's great and everything. Yeah, obviously, like, that's something that we can all support. But consider the source making it. Mm hmm. Because then we had basically everybody from NXT's Chelsea Green, uh, NXT UK's Isla Dawn, uh, Allison K of Shine, fucking uh, Big Swole of AEW, fucking so many people coming out of the woodwork to just completely dunk on Tessa for this uh bringing up all of her all of the allegations that people have said about her for years about her just locker room bullying her picking fights with people uh and then also making an allegation that apparently in Japan uh she spat on uh La Rosa Negra the the wrestler La Rosa Negra in the ring and uh called her the n-word yeah so um a little bit of baggage there, to say the least. So, are these new allegations, or are these allegations that had been around for a while? The the allegations about the bullying and and just the bad locker room behavior those have been known about for a while. I mean, those like I feel like those definitely people started hearing about that when like because apparently she had an incident at the the May Young Classic where like she got in a big fight in the locker room because she was pissed off about losing to uh, Kyrie Sane or losing so or losing so early in the in the tournament to Kyrie Sane, which is apparently why WWE didn't sign her, but. The the stuff about uh, La Rosa Negra is is new because La Rosa Negra didn't you know didn't really want people to talk about it apparently until she gave permission to I believe it was Allison K. Hmm. Which is interesting. I know Allison K's work Japan stuff, but I don't didn't know there'd be like that much trust between the two of them. I know Allison K's been around, so yeah. And apparently, yeah, Big Swole was also involved in that incident. Yeah, Big Swole is very much, um, I feel like she's two steps away from being wronged into pulling off, a, uh, I don't know, a bit of a super ACH herself. Yeah. Not, not that I have a problem with that because, like, she's awesome, but. Yeah, you know. and also, like, critical support for what ACH did. Fuck this industry. Keep your mental health, dude. Yeah. And also, yeah, she. but she tends to stand up in situations like this, and she does not back down in a good way. I wonder if this is also... Because I know we were speculating once Tully Blanchard started working for AEW that Tessa was not far off. And I wonder if this kind of cooled that happening. 
I do genuinely wonder that, yeah, especially mm-hmm. because, like, if you're having people in your locker room fucking go after her about this, like, how can you say, like, yeah, no, Tessa, she's cool, let's bring her in? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't even know what to say about that. It's just, like, this explains a lot. That sure maybe does. I feel like, if even if it was known, I feel like it wasn't called out enough. As many of these stories tend to go. I mean, I guess it also would explain why she's over in fucking uh, the land, the island of misfit toys that is Impact, where, you know, it's people with fucked up pasts like fucking Sammy Callahan and Michael Elgin and Rich Swan. Oh, boy, it really is. Uh, Sammy Callahan has, there are allegations of domestic abuse. I don't really know the extent of them, but there are allegations out there. I don't know. Hon- honestly, the only time I've ever really seen Sammy Callahan outside of him, outside of like me watching Impact for a little while for the last little bit was uh, Solid and Crow. Sammy Callahan's good. I've, I've really enjoyed his stuff they did in MLW. His yeah. his Death Machine character is is really cool and interesting. Uh, yeah, but I this is the first time like this weekend was the first time that I had also heard those domestic al- domestic abuse allegations. So I, I don't know the extent of them, but yes, those are apparently there too, which I guess that's why Sammy goes and lives on impact. Now it's, it's his own special Island of a uh, whole lots of, Oh fuck. This is where we're going to land now. So let's get to the aftermath. Yes. You would think that, Tessa would maybe, you know, show some contrition here, right? (laughs) (laughs) So first, what she does is uh, she attacks Chelsea Green. Because, you know, Chelsea Green was one of the first people to tweet. You know, Chelsea Green tweeted at at her in response. uh, You constantly put down bullied and belittled countless female co-workers, including me. Is that support? Which, you know what? That's pretty fair and reasonable, all things considered, as, mm-hmm. as like, a response to give to that fucking tweet that Tessa put out there. Yep. Yep, Tessa if you don't reply- rage out. Mm-hmm. Tessa replies, I've never been anything but kind to you. I've dealt with mean girls since I started. Not saying I'm a saint. Hell, I've had many ups and downs, and I've made silly decisions. Such as life. You have zero merit in your comments. Instead, putting me down here for a little clout. You got my number. So I'm going to say a thing aloud on the internet, but you can't say, hey, maybe that's a bit hypocritical on the internet. Heaven forbid. And I'm going to say, you know, if you're being accused of bullying, maybe the thing you shouldn't do is like try to do that bullshit of attacking someone and be like, what? But I've, I've always been cool with you. I can't believe you would say these horrible things about me to try to get some, to try get your name out there. You, you could have, you could have gone personally to me and you have my number. You could have, you could have called me out. Like, you know, really, if you actually, like, if this was actually someone that was your friend and someone you cared about, like one could think that you would say, Hey, if I, if you have my number, I have your 
number two, I could reach out to you privately and personally be like, hey, what's going on? Do we have beef? I don't understand why you're saying this. No, instead you're just making a fucking show for fucking everybody and telling every and basically telling everybody like, hey, no, you I'm challenging you to talk to me. I'm challenging you to do this, which again, that's fucking bullying. Yeah, this I didn't even think about that section of it where yeah, you know, calls go two ways, folks. Mm-hmm. And also doing this to like one of the more beloved developmental talent on WWE's side. Oh boy, that's uh, going to sit real well with uh, any doors you had in that direction. Very cool of you to go after Zack Ryder's fiance like that. Yeah, and you know, Zack, despite the fact he doesn't do shit these days, is still very well liked. Look, his By toys love him, okay? I mean, also Cody loves him, so... Uh, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't think there's anything Tess has said here that is going to ever help her escape or move upwards anywhere in this industry. Yep. Uh, about 13 minutes after that, she... Or, sorry, 15 minutes later, she tweeted, Not true. That's my statement and the most attention I'll give it because of how actually ridiculous it is. The sad thing is it's not that ridiculous. It's really not. It's really not that ridiculous uh, allegation that did some fucking racist shit and are a bully. Like, that's a lot of people in the world we've begun to realize as these years taper on and people start to talk. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your definition of ridiculous uh, might need to tune up there, Tessa. And to cap it all off, uh, did y'all see her, her speech that she gave uh, apparently off, off air after winning the title? Nope, sure no. didn't. Because one of the things she says while crying in that speech is, you know, I'm not, nobody's perfect, I'm human. Again, something a person who's never fucked up in a great way and has always taken any beef with them and squashed immediately. Something they say, absolutely. Yeah. What a to- to- what a totally normal thing to say in this instance. What a totally like normal thing that doesn't sound like you're just fucking making excuses for the shit that you've been accused of and why you still deserve to get this fucking accolade when like every single one of your peers for the most part has come for your fucking neck. Yeah. Like I I can't justify anything she's done. I, I genuinely wonder like how, how long do you think it packs sticks with her? As I mean, champion or in the company? I, I think that, look, I think that she's probably got a good place in the company. Like, I don't think they're going to, I think that she's going to be in that company as long as either she wants to be there or that company exists. Just because, you know, she is Tessa Blanchard and she is a very good talent and she is a, and she's a big name, you know, as big of a name as they can get really right now. But like, I do wonder if this is going to have an effect on that fucking on that world championship run. I I don't honestly because Impact has Impact is not really a company recently that has deviated from their course. If she, honestly, if she has a short title reign, I'm inclined to believe that she was always intended to have a short title reign because Impact 
Impact has not made changes. You know, I remember, like, as I was reading, because I, I was playing, I was playing dumb a little earlier. I knew about the Sammy Callahan shit with the domestic abuse or domestic incidents or whatever you want to call it. And I, because I saw that brought up when I was reading some people saying, "Hey, look, if they didn't strip, if they didn't do anything about Sammy Callahan when this shit came out, then they're not going to do anything about Tessa Blanchard." And I think that kind of plays to your point more, John, about this being an island of misfit toys. Like, yeah. they kind of got to lean into the fact that, yeah, well, Pobody's nerfed around here. <laughs> I'm like, let's not forget, this is the company This is the company that keeps Michael Elgin involved. Yeah. They sure are. And but hey. You, I, how about like, it pains me to say this, because, you know, I think Impact's really good. Well, Impact is quietly one of the best wrestling shows. Well, I hope that you're excited to watch it this week, Oscar. <laughs> Except now you can't, because to cap off this wonderful week, these dumb motherfuckers got themselves banned from Twitch. So, I was looking <laughs> into this. It is only a 24-hour ban. Ah, Fuck. I, I only found this out, like... I only found this out when I was looking it up just because I knew it was coming up and I wanted to talk about it. And it's like, oh, it, it's just a 24-hour suspension. And then I got into a comment thread about people just calling the Twitch staff incels and I had to get off of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of crowd. I think they cater to them to come back. They're going to go for that, uh, you know, Dr. Disrespect type attitude. Well, Look, I'm back I'm and not, I'm edgier I'm, than ever. I'm not gonna I lie. I can't believe that Rob Van Dam brought his his polycule into that bathroom. I'm not gonna lie. Impact Wrestling too hot for Twitch TV might actually not be the worst thing to lead into. There's a lot of worse stuff they've done, which kind of makes that opinion really hard to argue against. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently, yeah, there was some kind of wardrobe malfunction on Impact this week. So, uh, I, I've, seen the, Rob Van I've seen the clip thing. in question. I've seen the clip in question, and it is... So, there is a wardrobe malfunction, which you can tell because uh, her left breast is blurred the entire time. But it's not blurred well enough, because you can still see half her nipple. Hooray! Uh, so it's a good old May Young censorship again. And like, look, this is kind of a bullshit thing to, like, this is kind of a bullshit thing because you know society we're way too fucking sensitive about sexuality. But yeah, uh, no, uh, this is, is completely a hundred percent a stupid bullshit thing. And like the fact that we're still getting fucking upset about like a fucking nipple like especially especially in light of this is also the fucking week in in our wonderful country of fortress of america with three k's where uh the supreme court refused to fucking hear a case about uh a a woman you know women suing uh fucking the state of uh, new hampshire for getting fucking arrested for being topless yep we're that kind of country the rest of the world looks on and wonders, what the fuck? But yeah, so like, honestly, it's kind of fucking, this is just funny. Like, I, I watched the RVD clip, and first off, I just want to say, RVD's heel character is low-key, maybe one of the best 
old guys reinventing themselves gimmicks in a long ass time. Rob Van Dam is making more money than any than everybody else in the Impact locker room, and he's got a girlfriend, and his girlfriend's got a girlfriend, <laughs> and he's just making straight up softcore porn. <laughs> okay, it's Rob Van Dam is having Rob Van Dam is Hugh Hefner, and I'm all for it. He truly is one of a kind. Good job, Rob Van Dam, for having a normal one. And good job, Impact, for being such a great, well-run company. I look forward to your wonderful stewardship of the Axis Network. Oh, good Lord. Good job killing the only good show that you had on there. I miss... Impact's still on there. I miss New Japan in 60 frames a second. I mean, look, Access doesn't air in this country, so I don't fucking know. Yeah. True that. Anyway, let's talk about some other quick news in the I can't believe there's still more news. I know. The show's been way too long. We've had a lot to cover. My tai chi timer's broken. I don't give a shit. This is all from this week. Yeah, this is all from this week, basically. Even if we hadn't taken this time off, this would have been this new segment. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, but also fucking MLW made a big announcement this week, or they were teasing, like, oh, we're going to have a big announcement, and there was all these rumors that, like, hey, uh, Showtime's interested in getting them. All Like, what's going on with them? They announced that they signed a talent agency. Okay, to cool. Help them negotiate a new deal for television. Cool. That's cool Let's I see guess. how that works out for them, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, here's hoping that, you know, get yours, MLW. You put on a good show, but also... Mm-hmm. All right, sure. Yeah, it's the Cody Rhodes school of big announcements. Good job, Court Bauer. Come on, guys, this is not the kind of thing we need to be teasing like this to for just one location. Now we're going to do something big for everybody. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe MLW is going to tape in Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they do t- tape in Orlando a bunch. It's close enough, probably. I don't know how Florida works. Court Bauer wanks dogs. <laughs> that I think we can all agree on. Speaking of people that are complete and utter fucking dog wankers, let's talk about <laughs> Papa, Papa Tri- Triple. Ah, uh, Papa Trips, the fuck's wrong with you, you weirdo? Yeah, so we talked about this on the Mothership Daddy two days ago, but yo, that fucking joke that he made about Paige, what the fuck? Yeah, like, does he not know we live in 2020 and slut-shaming was not cool five years ago, much less Look, ten? You mentioned, you I don't think he knows how shit. babies formed. That, too. Like, fairness, yes. It is not a Tri- woman who decides, like, I'm going to make one. Pop. Did it. Triple H. Triple H understands how babies are born because he watched that one movie that Roland Emmerich did about how Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare's plays and how Shakespeare was actually Queen Elizabeth the first's love child that she didn't know about. What? Is this the, is this the plot to Shakespeare in love or what the fuck? Yeah, what what the fuck movie? Is this Romeo plus Juliet? No, this is... It, it's, it's some... Role, it's, it's Roland Emmerich. It's about... It's it's a film about how Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare, and the and the actual guy 
that wrote Shakespeare in this in this thing is Queen Elizabeth the first's bastard love child that that she didn't know was born and mm. so she committed incest with him how okay. do you not know the child's born you literally gave birth to the child uh, it's anonymous okay. is the name of the film oh it's, okay i'm looking up right now i think it's a different name for it oh uh, yeah there we go there we go found uh, it <laughs> Triple H yep. said some dumb shit about fucking uh, Paige. He apologized on Twitter today. I didn't find it to be a great apology, but, I mean, at least he did it. Yeah, I mean, dude fucks up so much. Why Why have all people Paige? Like, Paige isn't, isn't ever going to wrestle again. I, I, I don't know. This is just like, you had to take a shot here of all times. Why? Yeah. And what again, the fuck has Paige just, done to you? Yeah, and again, like, we've said it on, we said it on fucking Monday. But, like, there's so many fucking levels for how this is just such a not fucking okay joke between, like, the fucking, you know, between the fucking sex tape leak, between the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, you shouldn't be, like, there's clearly a fucking difference between making a joke about, like, a man sleeping around and a woman sleeping around in this fucking society, between the fact that, literally, it's pretty not cool to make a joke about how, like, Paige might have children she doesn't know about when she's, like, publicly on record on that Lillian Garcia podcast as having a fucking miscarriage. Yeah. Triple H, you know, Triple H is actually just super woke and doesn't believe in female slut shaming and that a woman should be allowed to sleep around. And that's how Triple H is actually woke because, you know, he doesn't think it's a big deal. He's all about sucking it. We have confirmed this. It's not a big deal, except when it's my ex that did porn, then we can't acknowledge her ever. Uh, excuse me, it's only because the porn she did had direct parodies of uh, Vince McMahon and me in it, and uh, and so, you know, I, c- I can't have my daughter looking that up. Nah. Also, you know, I, c- I can't have my daughter finding uh, her sex tape and seeing uh, Uncle Pac in uh, some, uh, some compromising positions. Uh, Hunter, Hunter, who the fuck is that over there? Uh, shit. Is that Sean? Uh, Sean, Steph, come take a look at this. Is this Sean over here? Where, where the fuck is, oh, uh, is he? Uh, like? No, uh, no uh, Vince, uh, that's uh, China. Ah, that's, that's a country. God, with a big pink she, fountain uh, there. She uh, used to uh, wrestle uh, for okay. us. I think uh, she was named uh, Nicola Bass. Uh, oh, I remember that. Oh, gosh, yeah, the... Tiny voice and yeah, damn it, this shit sucks. Triple H is a dumb asshole, and that's why I didn't watch NXT this week. Yeah, good call. I feel like I feel like we can just copy paste that line into most weeks. Well, we sure can. Let's do it. All right, but let's talk about something that I did watch this week, and also have watched for the past two weeks as well. Yes, AW Dynamite. It's so good. It's the it's show. a good show. It's really good. So let's, as quick as we can, cover the last three weeks of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> we can get through it. We can do this. Starting with, as I put in the notes here, fuck, why is Hangman Page my favorite character now? Well, as the title says, he has been drinking. That I... cry on when he was on commentary <laughs> just has been drinking. 
the fact just that he, all the crying that they've had from every week fucking angsty millennial cowboy this week the fact is i hope he's like doing that because he's got like one of the best senses of humors in all of wrestling and also the fact that AEW is willing to let that be on their serious tv show it's goddamn amazing. And I love it because he's the only one that has weird ones. Like, everybody else, it's like, oh, they're with this person. Or, oh, they're looking to, like, avenge a loss from this hey. battle. Oh, they're the num- They're th- ranked this thing. <laughs> and Paige, just weird trolling shit that hey, we would do. Kenny Omega had that one that said, has won five matches. Yeah, that's totally not the same as, like, Adam Page's weird shit that... Oh, that no, Adam Page's weird shit, I was not into, uh, I was not into this at first because I'm not a fan of alcoholic gimmicks in wrestling. That's fair. You know, only because it's like, the alcoholic gimmicks that come to mind immediately are alcoholic Scott Hall as a gimmick, or Hawk Whoops. tries to throw, or... Hawk tries to throw himself off at the Titan Tron. Mm-hmm. True. And but, yeah, those were awkward, but And I'm I still I still don't know how I feel about this knowing that alcoholism is still like actually a really big problem in wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've seen bad. Jimmy Havoc. Look, there's a fine line. I'm that just gonna I, throw this out there. It it took me until the year of our Lord two days ago to figure this out, but I can't believe it just dawned on me that Jimmy Cavick is the creepy 30-year-old dude trying to pick up girls at the Vans Warp Tour. <laughs> Living Wait, the Jimmy dream. Havoc's, is Jimmy Havick an alcoholic? Yeah. Pretty much. He doesn't admit it yet, but I, he's gotta be. He's gotta be. He's gotta be. I mean, come on! That fucking shit with Excalibur? I mean, okay, fair and enough. also, like, after his Defy match... Where he, uh, God, who's he facing? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, Sonico. He was fighting Sonico, and after beating him, he demanded a beer from, um, basically, somebody to buy him beer, and had to actually walk over to the booth and say, no, I am Jimmy Havoc, give me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish Jimmy Havoc was on TV. Man, I wish I could pick up kids at the Vans tour. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I do get where you're coming from, Oscar. Like, yeah, like it, it, an alcoholic gimmick is definitely a fine line to walk, but I think that they've been doing it fun and tastefully enough at this point. And I, haven't been going and they haven't been going overboard because they haven't been having him do like anything like fucking dangerous. And also he doesn't drink when he's wrestling. He's not wrestling drunk. He's just wrestling and then getting drunk. That is true. Every time he's not had a match, he's drunk. And every time after a match, he's drunk. But it's never for during. When Which, is AEW going to have their first ever 5 o'clock, it's 5 o'clock somewhere match? Fuck that. I hope not. Please don't. Yeah. But yeah, I really like what they're doing with with Paige, and I really have enjoyed their teaming up with uh, with Kenny. Like Paige on commentary, that was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Especially sure when he had that great burn on on Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. He, he he's fantastic, and I think just him and Kenny being these awkward partners that have no coordination because they're such good wrestlers on their own, they can just make it work anyways. 
Yeah. Pretty damn good. I that- do like the team of uh, Kenny and Hangman and Hot Take. This is kind of what they should have been doing. Or, I'm I, sorry, not Hot Take. Like, I'm glad they seem to finally be getting back on track with figuring out what to do with Kenny Omega if they don't want to make him the champion. Yeah. If they don't mm-hmm. want to make him either... <laughs> Son of a bitch, psychopath, or Dark Order, Kenny Omega. This this is a good thing to do with Kenny Omega. I agree. Although jumping ahead a little bit, yo, that Dark Order promo this week, fucking <sighs> yeah, let's, yeah. Let's get on into it. Let's let's talk some Dark Order. Sure. So yeah. Dark Order's made that it very clear now. Match with, was cool, and also that four-way on, on Bash of the Beach tonight was cool. I yeah. like Hangman and Kenny. Yep, me too. But Dark Order, though. I mean, they have a target now. They've been hit and miss, like, some real bad shit, but at the same token, like, being elites leaned into the bad shit as in, you know, five-foot missed punches. And at the same token, now we know they're targeting the elite trying to break them apart from within and it's it's like it's not even an actual movement it's just they just want to fuck up the elite yeah it's all they care about yeah. they're they're going after nakazawa because they want to get to kenny and they they're going after page also yep and also brandon cutler so you can get to the bucks oh yeah and cutler so yeah it, it's like now you can see where maybe everybody's got something to protect on the side while they're Dealing with their own issues, it'll be interesting. And also, there is this dark power who definitely does not seem to be Marty Skrull. But is it Matt Hardy? I I I saw Trace had a theory that he posted in our chat that I actually think could be kind of interesting. Well, I want to hear this theory. So the theory is if they're if the voice of the higher power that was clearly disguised and deepened. If that's actually the person who is a higher power, I was listening to like how they were talking, and the only person I can think of that makes perfect sense to be leading an order like this is Raven. The flock order. Let's go. I mean, legit, we joke about that, but he has not He has done stuff for AEW before, basically helping promo, um, like the title and all the things they've been doing. He's very impressed with what AEW has been doing. I didn't know Raven did stuff for AEW. Uh, yeah, he was in some of the documentary stuff for the Nightmare Family. Oh, cool. oh, right. Alongside, like, Scott Hall and them, but he... Oh, right, yeah. And, I mean, obviously Scott Hall, I think, is just going to do his own shit wherever he wants because he can. But yeah, Raven... Yeah, I mean, he's just hanging out, hanging out in that genie bottle that Joey Janelle was finding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, but you, you could have Raven plausibly run a group like this because he's had groups of outcasts before... And Hell, everywhere he's gone except WWE that didn't know how to fucking use him, he had a variation of the flock. Mm-hmm. And this really plays into AEW's use of legends in that they don't let them get into matches, but they kind of let well, them sit on the periphery. Well, I mean, look, we'll get into the exception. I think it was okay this time. No, I think that this was a worthwhile exception, even if he, mm-hmm. he does look old. But we'll get to that. Yeah, he totally does. He is old. Yeah, well, I know he's old. He's always been old. Uh, but we love him. Um, but yeah, it's just for still my favorite wrestler. Me too. Um, <laughs> it's like, why not let him be another manager type, another higher end guy, just following around 
kind of helping guide people in the background while at the same time being coach and somebody you just want to see take a punch. Well, why Do not Raven? Carry. Why not Raven? Why not Raven? Never He's got mind. cool tattoos. Sorry, Dustin. Raven's my new brother now. <laughs> Hangman, you're drunk. I worship Raven now. Friendship ended with, with Kenny. Now Raven is my new best friend. Shit. Owen, make that make that fucking Photoshop and put Michael Nakazawa's head on him. <laughs> do it. Do it, please. But yeah, so, yeah, I think, obviously, TBD, because, yeah, Dark Order has screwed up quite a few things in the past. We have seen them. We have hated them. But there's still some potential here, goddammit. Yeah. Again, it all comes down to it's like for everything that's been hit and miss, it's still a lot more interesting now that they've given them this context and it's not just who are these fucking weirdos that have like mass people surrounding them. Like, yeah. it's it's still more – I still really want to see where it goes even if I'm still kind of like sometimes, I don't know about this. Yep. One thing I do know that I am all the way in for though is this fucking Cody and MGF shit because oh my god. Yes. Yeah. This is an early contender for Feud of the Year. 100%. So This is interesting. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, MJF give his stipulations for the match against Cody. Uh, He's willing to fight Cody at Revolution, uh, the the pay-per-view in Chicago at the end of February, on three conditions. So, for one... Cody's got to win a steel cage match against uh, Wardlow next week on on Dynamite. I don't think it's next week, is it? Is it a couple weeks later? I thought it was next week. Might be. I don't know. I, I could have forgotten entirely, but it's in the future I, at least. I thought they announced it for next week. Okay. That's fair. I, yeah, I don't remember actually, the schedule. Actually, though, I mean, it would, huh, I don't know. Because I, that, I think that, the cruise is I, next week. The cruise is next week. I thought the that, match... And that does seem like kind of a crazy match to do in a fucking boat, but I don't I know. Mean, I thought it was in Atlanta, Georgia when they're there. That would also yeah, make sense. Yeah, he was saying Atlanta. Okay. Then but, I just did not understand what they So they're going to build this yeah, a little bit, for sure. They're, they're making the Atlanta show like a mini pay-per-view, considering the venue that's in. But the other conditions. Yep. So, second condition... Not only Cody cannot touch MJF until their match, which, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good condition. Yeah. But also, MJF is going to give Cody 10 lashes. That is such a weird condition to ask for. This is going to be a that, weird promo. That is such that's... some fucking old school dusty shit that I am <laughs> so into. <laughs> yeah. Cody's, like, promoing out of his mind right now. Like, all of this stuff. God, you, again, extraordinary. You can, make, you can make a... You can make a legitimate argument that... Maybe no one has benefited more from leaving WWE than Cody. I would say that's a very... Absolutely. Yeah, that's a very cohesive argument you can make. No, I absolutely agree with that because, yeah, like Cody has gone from someone who, yeah, I liked his promos as Stardust. I always thought he was fun, but like I wouldn't have ever thought like Cody was, you know, one of the best talkers in the business to shit. Now the only thing that's make not making him one of the best talkers in the business is 
that he's fucking fighting MJF. Yeah. Like and I can't like, decide between even, them. Even you look at someone, even you look at Cody at the height of his WWE run when he was like dashing and undashing. Mm-hmm. He just screamed mid Carter, and this now this guy legitimately is maybe one of the top guys going right now. He is making statements that drop your jaw every week. Yep. Like, and also, not just like actual statements, but fashion statements. Holy shit! You know, not, not only the entrance, but to come, rising up as goddamn Don Johnson. Fucking That's so good. Fucking great. Yep. Yeah, it was a great look. Holy shit. And then, yeah, you know, you're just going to be a chapter in my book. That's all you are. That is perhaps one of the hardest burns you can give someone else. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Just, mm, yes, please. I want this to happen. I want to see the cage match. I want to see these two collide. That's it, though. Speaking of things that are absolutely brutal... Just to get a little bit, uh, just get a little bit off topic here, but yeah. fuck TSN. Their censorship, the last, their se- it's really gone into high gear the last few weeks. But their censorship of crowds is absolutely brutal. So there's a lot of this Cody promo that I missed because the crowd was chanting something after Cody mentioned the ten lashes. And I have no idea what the crowd... I have no idea what Cody said. John was John was messaging me saying that the crowd was just chanting bag boy. Yeah. That's all they were TSN chanting. decided to mute. And it just means the guy who carries the bags. Like, all I can think of is that someone at TSN thought they were saying a different word that ended with ag. With ag, you mean? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Which okay, I guess I can. That I guess that does make sense when you put it like that. But what? No, that's a, that's a little hypersensitive. That's a stretch. Yeah, and like this has been this has been a problem now for there's been a pro. This has really been a problem since um, the New Year's special, or the one the one just before the New Year's one. It's gotten it's gotten really ramped up into high gear, and it is making the show kind of borderline unwatchable. That, that's obnoxious. Yeah, that's bad. They got to they really got to figure that out. And I know that's mm-hmm. just mostly TSN being like difficult, but also come on. Be sure to call your local TSN representative. Oh, I fucking have. I well, I wrote them an email. I mean, maybe that guy who, you know, ran Deadspin in the ground or whatever. Maybe, maybe he's got a TSN in. Ah, fucking Jim Spanfeller again. Yeah, I tell you what. Can, it's him? <laughs> Can you fix my TSN, you son of a bitch? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Let's not do that now. We, we, we've gone too far to go off the rails at this point. Yo, we branched it before, though, but fucking DDP had a match tonight. Yeah. Diamond Dallas motherfucking Page had a match in 2020. That crowd was fucking hyped for it, and I love it. 
I mean, shit, I was hyped for it. I was too. It was so good to see everybody welcome him back, and he tried his best, and he's old, but still I love him. He's old. He's, you know, he's not make, hitting that diamond cutter as crisp as he used to, but fucking man, it's DDP. It's DDP. I, I, it's I, him. I, it's him. I did not know Diamond Dallas Page had a daughter until uh, I heard MJF mention that. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't tell from his shirt that he had today that said, I banged Dallas's daughter? I was trying to figure out when he first came out. I'm like, what the fuck does that shirt mean? And I'm like, oh, shit. I, and then I'm like, wait, I've never heard anyone refer to him as just Dallas. I mean, that that's his Fucked first up. name. I, I know it's his first name, but my mind still mentally thinks that's his middle name. Yeah, it, it's, but his first name is not Diamond. <laughs> His, what kind of weirdo would have Diamond as a first name? What kind of Diamond? weirdo, I say? What kind of weirdo has Dallas as a first name? Hey, look, you know, there is Shit. Diamond Joe Quimby. Wait. 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 Uh, anyways, this is a great match. This and is fun. It was fun. They did the big move, and then Red Desert was so awestruck that DDP did a fucking top rope move out to the outside. Uh, MGF snuck in and got a pin. It's just fucking snuck in, rolled up QT Marshall. Fuck you. We're out of here. Bye. Yeah. It's like honestly the perfect fucking way to. End. Yeah, yeah. MGF gets to go home sign, and he doesn't wait. No build. Uh, says, nope, we're done. Fuck you. Bye. Yep. That was cool, but you know, you know what isn't cool. What's that? <laughs> Women's division. Oh, so we got to talk about this, don't we? So, boy, this has been a fucking mess. Yeah. A a new strong contender for some for for awful Excalibur calls. Let's talk about Luther, the Japanese deathmatch legend. Yeah, who none of us seem to know shit about because he's not Mr. Pogo. So, I actually do know Dr. Luther. Okay. Because when I was in college, I, you know, hooked up with the other person that was, like, big into wrestling. And I remember mentioning once, it's like, yeah, Mick Foley versus Edge at WrestleMania is the match that got me into wrestling. And he's just like... Oh, you want to see the real shit? And he just shows me this fucking, this fucking uh, FMW shit from Japan. And he's like, this is, you got to see what they do in Japan. It, and it's like, and yeah, it was just a bunch of fucking Dr. Luther shit. <laughs> nice. I mean. And I have no idea. I, John was asking me what were some good matches. And I just had to think, it's like. I can't, I don't fucking know who any of these people were other than how could you forget a guy named Dr. Luther and his tag team partner, Dr. Hannibal. All right, that's pretty good. Yeah, that seems like a very Japanese thing. And I mean, hey, Dr. Luther still wrestles in, or still wrestled in uh, the Canadian Indies because he's Canadian. Hmm. It's true. I did watch uh, a little bit of a match from... ECCW. <laughs> extremely Canadian. That's extremely Canadian championship wrestling. Yeah. I think. Yeah. He fought Sabu. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, 
to Excalibur's credit, saying the Japanese deathmatch legend at least makes me understand why Luther would be cool. And I think maybe if he had debuted not as part of the fucking Nightmare Collective, I would be way more into this. So, the Nightmare Collective has been an unmitigated mess that is Just kind of... an absolute fucking disaster. Which has completely ruined two significant pushes thus far in the women's division that are sorely needed. So, remember when... I had joked, or you had made a comment a couple weeks ago that was like, oh, you know, no one in this women's division is able to get over something. And I said like, oh, send your prayers to Chris Statlander. And you were like, they can't ruin Chris Statlander. They found a way and I hate it. I'm very angry about this. I don't know that I'd say that they ruined her, but... Boy, they did her no fucking favors with that main, with that fucking title match last week. Like, is Rio still in America? Like, she's probably in Japan now for two more nope, months. she's in Japan again. So, great. No one's going to hold that title for another two months. We're going to push this shit onward, and nobody's getting the title shot. And it's going to stay on Riho, and we had a great chance to put it on somebody who was getting over the crowd, and we let the Nightmare Collective run in on them. At, before the match, not after. What the fuck? Just completely fucking up an entire match, which is overbooked fucking nightmare collective bullshit nonsense. And for what? The only thing, their only fucking purpose was to just cause fucking chaos and fuck up the entire match for both people. It's not like they wanted either, it's not like they wanted Rio to win. No. And, like, you could take the belt off Rio, put it on Chris Statlander, and use it to immediately set up an awesome Kong face-off down the road. Nobody would complain about that. But you just leave it on Riho, nothing happens, and now you've got Hikaru Shida and Chris Stantlander, arguably the two best women in the division, now having to waste their time with the Nightmare Collective, which we didn't even get Awesome Kong this week because she was sick. And number one, good on them for not making her wrestle when she's sick. Fine, fair, great. But Mel and Brandy, neither of them can hold a goddamn match down. They were terrible. Both Mel of them. Was awful. Mel is, she is in sore need of training. She just, it doesn't ever, like, there's just so many weird fucking blown spots in that match between, like, you know, the, just even the opening with, like, fucking, yeah. her fucking up Sheeta's head scissors and then that weird fucking thing that Chris Statlander tried on the outside where she definitely didn't hit Mel. But, like, to me, like, I just look at it as, like, Mel's never in position. She's no. never in the right position for any of these fucking moves, and they always look weird. Like, even that, like, fucking running knee strike that, like, uh, that Sheeta did, like, almost immediately after that whatever the fuck uh, Statlander tried uh, mm-hmm. on the outside there. Even that flying knee just looked weak. She Mel's not selling worth a damn. She's not delivering worth a damn. She's just... I, I it, it makes me sad for the whole division. Like, they could have done anybody else. Anybody else to work with this? They could have made Nightmare Collective, and they should have made Nightmare Collective, something that revolves revolves entirely around Awesome Kong. And instead we're getting this faction of a bunch of wrestlers who should do nothing more than interfere, and that's it. And not now, later. Build Awesome Kong up. Look, you know, there are eight million members of the Nightmare Collective, and Awesome Kong is one. 
I'm already in the weeds about this. Like, this is like yeah. Slipknot territory. This Which, whole thing is a mess, and it's especially not made better when, like you said, yeah, the, if you're going to be putting people in the w- ring that are s- as weak as Mel is and Brandy. And I, I will, I'll say, I will give Brandy credit. I think she's better than the last time I saw her wrestle. Here's still the thing not about, great. Yeah, here's like, the thing about Brandy that I, I will step in and say this. The quality about her that makes her a good wrestler now, better than she was before, is that she knows when she can't be wrestling, and she just does a lot of Ric Flair heel bullshit. Yeah. I had honestly thought when the Nightmare Collective came out during the uh, Statlander Riho match that we were going that we were going to get some swerve where Statlander joined the Nightmare Collective. And thank God we didn't get that cuz at that point you might as well write off the entire women's division. I mean, let me go a step further here, just a little bit outside of this. They could be having a good secondary feud in the women's division right now between Nyla Rose and Shanna. And this shit is suffocating the entire division on Dynamite. They could also be having another secondary feud with, like, Britt Baker with her, like, slow heel turn that's happening. Yeah. Where, where's where's Britt Baker been? Where's Where has not, where's fucking Nyla Rose been? She's been on Dark. She had a, she had a match with Shannon on Dark that ended in no contest because they put each other through table. And they were both in the Fiddle 4-Way on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. to be fair. Mm. And Nyla Rose had... Probably the greatest comment after that match when she attacked Shanna and, um, what's his name, Marvez asks, what are you doing, Nyla Rose? And she just screams back at him, whatever I want. Like, she's getting it. She's finally getting it, and nobody's paying attention. Because you've so got this wait, goddamn nightmare collective that somehow one-upped her in the stuff she was screwing up. And because it's on dark. <laughs> yeah, So also. Wait, what you're saying is that... The Nightmare Collective's whole gimmick is already just something that Nyla Rose is doing better on the same fucking show. She's doing it as a one-man wrecking crew. Or one-woman wrecking crew. Sorry, I'm thinking, yeah, one-man gang all of a sudden. Um, Yeah, it's like, I sincerely feel like this is... If you had told me at the start of AEW, of all the people who would self-book themselves into way too high a status in AEW, I would have never guessed Brandy would have been the one to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought I, that she was being smart and, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm going to be the chief brand officer. I'm going to be focusing on, like, our diversity stuff, on mm-hmm. our, you know, on our, like, inclusivity things. Uh, no. And in fairness, yeah, maybe that stuff is still it, going great, but I'm sure it, it is. is. I'm sure it's it is. All it's just, about, could you just keep focus on that, please? Yeah, it's just all about the inclusivity of how many people can join the Nightmare Collective. Fuck. <laughs> We're all about inclusivity. See, we included Dr. Luther. In fairness, he seems Japanese like a deathmatch legend. <laughs> he seems like a really okay, like person that will just be a nuisance outside the ring i i well, don't have any problems with him but the problem is is that because it's involved with women's division shit dr luther really can't do much because then you just have this crazy dude beating up small women yeah or i i prefer the way they did this time where he was just trying to hold up her cover sheet long enough and then got the crap beaten out of him with a kendo stick 
And then just hung out talking to Justin Roberts. Yeah, it's like after that, it's like, okay, sure. Um, let's just drop the gimmick entirely and hide in the corner. Okay, sure. But anyway, hey, what I will say is that, you know, I've, I've mentioned this as many opportunities as I can to mention this. And having Japanese deathmatch legend Dr. Luther involved with God, your company. Oscar, God damn it! Only furthers my belief that they need to do King of the Deathmatch. Yeah. Yeah. You're building this roster of deathmatch wrestlers. Just have them fight each other in a big old tournament. With, like, exploding yeah. barbed wire and time bombs and all that other good shit. Again, you can't do this because if you do, you know what I'm going to demand. And AEW is not ready for New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason AEW is not ready for New Jack is because they don't New have Jack the money. New Jack will legit try to murder Orange Cassidy. <laughs> why are you why are you putting Orange Cassidy into this tournament, you sick fuck? Cause he's the most deadly wrestler of all time. Oh Jesus Christ, just put him against Jun Kasai, that's safer. Look, the only reason New Jack isn't the only reason New Jack hasn't joined the Nightmare Collective yet is because Brandy Rhodes doesn't want to shell out for natural born killers. Not wrong. I mean they're yeah. not even really shelling out for their fake brain stew anymore. Yeah, I mean, their, their fake brain stew is kind of grown on me. I mean, look, it's still basically fake brain stew. They just, you know, made it fancier. But I realized mm-hmm. something. They added strings to fake brain stew, which means we are just a Godzilla noise away from it now <laughs> being fake Godzilla remix of brain stew. You're right. Holy shit. We got to get on this. All right. Shit. OK, now I'm on board. Like, look, the guy's putting the themes out on CD Baby nowadays, so we could totally download it once he pushes it out and make this happen. All right, it's done. We're doing Godzilla it. Godzilla Remix. Yes, yes. Y'all, let's talk about some John Moxley. Oh, God, John Moxley is... Uh, he's got a car it. now. He's got a shed. It's, it's car it's now. his car. His car, yes. It is definitely his car. Well, he has the keys to it. Yeah, it, it has his license plate. It's definitely his car. It is most certainly a car that you know they can just buy and give to somebody like that. Totally his. I, I mean, for I, Chris Jericho, you can do anything, arguably. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's uh, totally not John Cena's old car. It's actually Shad Khan's car. Wait, what? No, 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 no. Oh, so that's who Cena sold it to. You're not supposed Wait. to sell a Ford GT. That's illegal. Is the Ford GT actually an expensive car? Yes, it yeah. is. It is a very limited car that they manufactured just enough to get past any homologation standards for racing. Oh, so it... Because when Chris Jericho was saying this is the most expensive car in the world, the Ford GT, I thought that no. was just Chris Jericho being like a delusional... Oh, no, no, that is 100% bullshit. Like, you can go to Koenigsegg, you could go to, like, Pagani, you could find a, probably a Ferrari more expensive. It, it, the most expensive American car? Probably. Yeah, it, it's still, it, yes, Chris Jericho was bullshitting and being Chris Jericho. It is a very expensive car, however. Okay. It, it, he was not lying when he said $750,000 car. 
yeah, it is very expensive. Although I think it's not even 750k, but that doesn't matter. It's it's a big pricey car. It's monies, and now it's John Moxley's. Except probably not anymore. I think he may need to get like uh, his eyesight tested again after uh, uh, after a very brutal attack that involved a lot of extremely unexpected dirty moves. The dirtiest of deeds. Yes. But yeah, before that happened, uh, last week there was that whole great segment where Moxley said, yeah, okay, I'll join the inner circle. Yep. And we were all waiting for that to turn around, and it didn't. And then it immediately turned around, and he beat the shit out of Chris Jericho with a bottle of bubbly. Yep, he sure did. That was great. Yep. Poor Jake Hager. They showed that like five times in replay. Poor Jake Hager holding on to his uh, new adopted dad as he died in his arms. Must have been something he said. (laughs) <laughs> uh, fuck i can't i can't follow that god damn it <laughs> um but yeah i yeah i did that john moxley joining the inner circle segment is again early contender for promo of the year and also can we just talk about how fucking sammy guevara sold that paradigm shift by like fucking standing directly on his head yeah, apparently he may have actually hurt his neck doing that. Aw, oh, man. Um, See, who needs Kota Ibushi in AEW? Look, Sammy Guevara is that kind of doof. He'll do that to himself. That's why it really hurts. <laughs> he alternative. Only 90s kids that listen to fucking alternative musical understand. You and no one else. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't get off of the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, but yeah, now it's like Sammy Guevara is doing a hell of a job selling. He actually had a really good match against Mox. Yeah, that match this week was fucking great. Like, I actually legitimately believed, oh God, they could put Sammy Guevara over and that would be a worst idea, but they're trying to make you believe. But no, instead they put over the idea that Mox does submissions. What? Yeah, like, what the hell did that come out of? Like, that was... Oof. I'm not oh. against it. It's just like, wait, what? Him? I mean, dude's going to be fighting Josh Barnett in the this year sometime, so. It's true. He's got to learn. Look, I am all for wrestlers having multiple moves that can believably finish matches. Yeah, they should. And now he doesn't have an eye. Yeah, so afterwards, we had... A lot of attacks, but mainly the belt was used as a lashing tool, basically, to whip John Moxley into submission. Which, that is a really fucking great image. Like, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe maybe that's a bit overkill when you also have MJF about to whip Cody, probably with a belt of some kind, in the future. But fuck it, just whipping him with the with the hard fucking gold of the AEW championship. That's a great image. It is. Also, a hilarious image is Jake Hager leaning into just kneeing every motherfucker in the groin really hard as if it's a legitimate strike. 
it's an I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that what they learn from him fucking up in that Bellator fight is, yeah, no, actually kicking people in the dick is a great move. It's Let's just an inside forever. knee. It's an inside knee. What the hell? It's an inside knee. But no, that was totally hard shot in the dick. And then the spike. And we went into Southern Wrestling there. We went full on Keishin Liger. Yeah, except it, it did not go through a table. It went through Moxley. It did Moxley's. not go through a table this time. <laughs> You'll be surprised at what this spike went through. John Moxley's eyeball hates it. Jeez. <laughs> uh, eyeballs hate this one weird trick for not seeing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, now we've got a whole ankle for Mox has got to fight his way back, but he's blind in one eye. Just give me John Moxley permanently wrestling with an eye patch. John Moxley is now escaping from Florida. Also, can we talk about Kim coming out at the end of fucking Dynamite this week looking like motherfucking Big Boss? Yeah, that was a pretty good look. I hope he, I hope he wrestles like that on the boat. That'd be so good. Because, yeah, here's another weird thing that's apparently happening. He's having a number one contendership match uh, next week against fucking Pac. Yep, he sure is. And they're going to do it on a cruise ship. I don't know why he needs to have a match to be the number one contender when he's, you know, the number one ranked person. And also, like, I don't know why Pac is going to be in that match when, like, didn't Pac just kind of lose that match to Omega and the Bucks? Whatever. I like it. But you don't understand, it's 2020 and the rankings have totally reset, so we need to start establishing new rankings, even though we didn't do anything to the old rankings that are still exactly where they were, but we reset the win-loss, and so thusly, the rankings have kind of reset, even though they haven't, and we just need to have everybody do their matches over again. Resubmit your applications, and we'll do interviews shortly. Thank you. I mean, I don't... I, I like the idea of the rankings resetting every year, and I think it's just... The first year is inherently going to be awkward because, yeah, they started so late in the year. Yeah, and um, it just, yeah, I feel like Moxie had that number one contendership earned and we just delayed it for some reason. Like, maybe we started the build to the pay-per-view too early. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe maybe we shouldn't have pulled the trigger on him being the obvious number one contender, even though who else was it going to be? Sure isn't going to be Darby Allen, who's dropped two straight now. Oh, man. It bumps me out, too. At least they were good matches. They were really good matches. Like, Darby Allen is starting to look like an incredible stud, and I want to see him and Pac fight forever. Yeah, and also, like, if you're going to lose if you're gonna lose the two people, like, Cody and Pac are two good people to lose to. Yeah, they really are, and both are of understandable reasons, like... Pack is a goddamn sadist, and Cody was being coached to avoid the coffin drop. Hell yeah. So. I I still think Darby Allen can be salvaged by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I, I can't. One thing that I did do a lot over the break was listen to that Darby Allen theme song. Yeah. It's great. It's really you might good. I'd say it is the best new theme song of 2019. You might say, but we didn't say it. Well, hear me out. Private Party's theme song, when you actually download and understand what the lyrics are, takes on a whole new meaning. It's not their party. 
they took over someone else's party. They kicked the door in. They worked the door. And now they took it over to their party. And that's why everybody's invited because they're bringing everybody up with them. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. See, that's that's what private party that's what makes private party cool and that's what makes this cool is that they get to, it's about being inclusive. It's about letting everyone in. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. Just like with this show, Heal Alternative, a show about being plur. And you're all invited. Everybody gets to be plur with us here in the Rassel Tent. Are in we fact, Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam's plur? I mean, Rob Van Dam is living his best life. I'm sure Rob Van Dam is pretty plur. I mean, look, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say it. I'm I'm PWC's Rob Van Dam. <laughs> JGM 420. Let's go. You are one of a kind, John. I cannot deny this. I got my girlfriend Oscar, and Oscar's got his girlfriend. <laughs> Trace. What the? F- <laughs> I don't know, okay? This show's gone on a long time. I don't know anymore. We should probably put a bow on it because it's been four weeks and we've completely lost our edge. So we've completely say, lost our minds. Tune in next week I'm, to see if we find them. We probably won't. I'm Peter. Oscar, where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Osaga the Great, Instagram at Osaga the Great, twitch.tv slash Osaga the Great, and fuck you, Owen, I'm going to plug it. You can PayPal me at uh, eng.1966 at yahoo.ca. That is my actual email address. I'm broke as shit. If you can pay figure out what that is, you can pay the man. Crack the code, pay the man. I got a call from my bank that they're sending a collection agency after me. Oscar, why you got to be breaking the law so hard? I'm not breaking the law. Fuck collection agencies. Yep. Fuck collection agencies and fuck Coda Reeves. Speaking of fuck Coda Reeves, these are not related. Um, You can find me on Twitter at PSEG. If you're from New Jersey, I don't know shit about your power. Stop asking. You can find me on twitch.tv slash peaceegg, that's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G, mixer.com slash peaceegg when I just don't feel like streaming Twitch for whatever reason or feel like maybe saying fuck you, ninja. And uh, don't Venmo me. Hey, Trace, you going to buy that ninja skin? Fuck no, I'm not. I saw it. I, no, no, no. The fuck? <laughs> Why did it take this long to get that asshole skin? He's the first Fortnite icon. Yeah, and it only took him 11 seasons. I, I might buy that skin. <laughs> Jesus. I've been your host, John Gerritsky Maxwell. When I'm not streaming Fortnite and, mm-hmm. and talking about how I, I'm scared of playing with women because I might <laughs> be, you know, wanting to cheat on my wife or whatever. It's weird he would say that. It's almost like he imply- he's implying something. Uh-oh. Is, nin- is Ninja the anti-Rob Van Dam? Uh-oh, what's Ninja and b doing in the impact zone? 
You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet that I don't use and am strongly considering getting rid of, including my Twitter at I am John GM, Instagram at I am John GM, Twitch at video underscore shames, TikTok at video shames. Uh, I don't know. Where else? I mean, look, we all got to get paid. Pay <laughs> a word? Pay the man. How can, how can we pay you, John? I mean, one good way would be to pay all of us by going to patreon.cool, where you can sign up for the pro wrestling.cool Patreon and get exclusive podcasts, show notes, other fun, to- awesome content. But what if I'm someone that hates Owen, Trace, and Oscar and only want John to get my money? And I don't I mean, care about these premium podcasts. Honestly, it's fair if I'm concerned. So, yeah, what can they do? Fuck Owen. Venmo and I am John. Pay the man. This has been episode 113 of the greatest podcast on the internet. Hugh Alternative. We will see you next week. And until then. Don't no come one? back now, you hear. Okay, there we go. Uh, you, I've, you've never let anyone else do the line before. You've done the line a couple times. I did the line when the episode went completely a mess. It's just we just decided to end it without a real ending. <laughs>